0: Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. Our Father, these summoning first words of the Lord's Prayer... Immediately direct our attention to the divine as a patriarchal figure, a metaphor for a father watching over his household. Metaphors are powerful and useful devices for something abstract like God. Where does this specific metaphor of father come from? As you listen to today's <coughs> excuse me, scripture from Mark 14:32 to 36. Ask yourself if you are comfortable calling on a patriarchal figure. Perhaps you grew up up without a father or had a less-than-stellar father. What then? Should we limit our use of metaphors when it comes to the God of Scripture or recast the metaphor using today's examples? Jesus prays in Gethsemane. They went to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and Jesus said, Sit here while I go and pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him, and he became deeply troubled and distressed. He told them, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little farther and fell to the ground. He prayed that, if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine.
1: Our Father. Those two words... Can become the most controversial words in Christianity. Our Father. There are those individuals who are quite comfortable with the idea of God as being a male or a father figure, they have no problem taking it literal. One individual in particular who fills this way is a man named Donald Bloch, who is an the evangelical theologian. And he says the following, When we speak of God as Father in the biblical sense, it should be borne in mind that this is not just a mere symbol. When Father refers to God the word is not figurative but closer to being literal that in that it is practically transparent to what it signifies so though there are those christians who firmly believe that god is male and that god is our father in the same sense that he was the father of jesus then there are those individuals who aren't quite as comfortable with that, but they are comfortable seeing God as referred to as Father in the sense of a metaphor. The metaphor being that you take an idea that isn't necessarily true, but you use it to explain something. So, for example, maybe you recall the metaphor that was sung by Elvis Presley. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. Again, there's an example of a metaphor. This individual that he's speaking of, they have characteristics that are similar to a hound dog. Not to be taken literally. So they're those individuals who are not comfortable with the idea that God is in gender a male. But they are comfortable with the idea that God is a father figure, that God is to be understood as the head of a household. Now, in the ancient Near East, a head of the household was more than just in charge of the immediate family, the spouse and the children. The head of the household was literally the whole household, which would be all the animals, all the extended family that dwell with them, all the servants, if they were able to have some, they were literally in charge of everything. And the image of that is a father figure who protects his family, but also in return expects obedience. And there are those individuals who believe that that metaphor captures the essence of God, that God is this father figure who is willing to forgive, who's willing to protect, but is the ultimate authority and is to be obeyed. There are some individuals, when it comes to those first two words of the Lord's Prayer, our Father, who, it just doesn't bother them. They, they've never really stopped and thought about it. It's just something they grew up saying. They were taught by their parents, they said it in church, so they just thought, our Father, and off they went. And so it wasn't troubling at all for them. But then there are those individuals who find that second word in the Lord's Prayer, Father, to be Unacceptable. They can't stomach it. They can't tolerate it. These are individuals who are tired of living in a society that is male-dominated. These are individuals who are tired of going to churches and seeing a male pastor always up front. I'm sorry, (laughs) but (laughs) I can't... But, if, but it's true, within Protestantism, and even in mainline progressive churches, we continue to see the men as the dominant spiritual leaders in the community. The Catholic Church, all priests are male. And there are individuals, both male and female, who are growing tired of this. I read an article this week of a woman who described what it was like for her to attend church and hear the words of the Lord's Prayer. She talks about how she was abused both verbally and physically by her father. And so it was hard enough to say the words, our father, but the one that really triggered her was when she came to the expression in She couldn't make herself say it. Thy will be done. Because the will of her father only meant pain and suffering for her. And so because of that, these groups of people either are walking away from church altogether because they're tired of a patriarchal society that is so male-dominated, or they are encouraging us to think about using a wide variety of terms, a larger expression. And that's why there are some individuals in some churches, instead of saying our Father, you will hear our Father and our Mother, or you will hear our Heavenly Parents. And some have even called it the breathing life. All because they're trying to wrestle with this reality of not having to see God as a male figure, even if it's just a metaphor. So here it is, two factions within the church, some that want our Father and some who can't stand our Father. What are we to do? There are some that are offended that we say those two words, and there are some that are offended that we use words other than our Father. What are we to do? I would offer you a new way, maybe, of thinking about this. So please be with me as we explore a few ideas surrounding this word, our Father. The first one starts with the admonition, admitting to ourselves that words are limited when they come to express God. The writer in the book of Deuteronomy describes God as one who is without form. And so to use any words as father or mother in any type of literal sense, that writer would have said, no, 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 God is not a form. So in turn, they pull on metaphors. But we have to also realize that these metaphors are limited in trying to capture the essence of God. But what's amazing is that when you look in the Old Testament, and especially the Psalms, they were able to use such a wide variety of metaphors to capture the essence of, or at least a part of, God. For example, in Psalm 23, you hear the words, the Lord is my shepherd. Psalm 18, verse 2, the Lord is my rock, my shepherd fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. Again, just in, these, in this one verse, listen to the rapid use of metaphors. God is rock, fortress, shield, and horn. These are all metaphors, but none of them can truly capture the essence of God. That's why they use such a wide variety of metaphors. But here becomes the problem, is that we have chosen, as Christians, to focus in upon one metaphor, and that is the Father. And that's why on Sunday mornings, there are many churches who say the Lord's Prayer every Sunday. And every Sunday, it is said again and again, Our Father, Our Father, Our Father. And that then, by just pure its use, is going to become the dominant metaphor and over time, that becomes the way that we imagine God. That's the way that we experience God. And that's why there are some people that are very comfortable, comfortable with that and others who say the following. This is from a feminist philosopher who is no longer a Christian. And she says the following. If God is in his heaven and is a father ruling his people, then it is the nature of things and according to divine plan and the order of the universe that society be male-dominated. That's why this individual, among other reasons, said, I can't live with that no longer. So I think we have to pause and ask ourselves, why is it that we continue to use a metaphor that is going to create discomfort for other people? The easy answer to that is, well, it's what we're comfortable with. It's tradition. It's what is in the Bible But as we looked at last year, I mean, last year, last week, we understand that the the wording of the, the Lord's Prayer was not solidified. And it's a real possibility that Jesus never even spoke the entire Lord's Prayer. But because we've done it for decades and centuries, it's just kind of like, well, that's what we're comfortable with. And if you're not comfortable with it, we're really sorry. But we're not going to change. Sally McFaig, a Christian theologian, says the following, The feminist critique of God as father centers on the dominance of this one model to the exclusion of others. And on the failure of this model to deal with the anomaly presented by who's, those whose experience is not included in this model. It's almost as if, look, this is what we're going to do. And if you don't like it, we're really sorry. But we're going to go ahead and do it anyways. One individual that was, I read this week who, to be honest with you, was very troubling to me. I read it, and it was actually just three sentences out of the whole article that just popped me, in, and I kept going back to them. Three sentences. One is a statement. The other two are questions. This is what it says. I am bewildered by the continued use of only the masculine for God, despite the fact that so many women have expressed their sense of exclusion by that language. Now here's the questions. Number one, what are we attempting to preserve by maintaining this masculine imagery? Hear it again. What are we attempting to preserve by maintaining this masculine imagery of God as Father? Second question. We still need to be able to use the term Father as a valid metaphor for God. Do you hear that again? He's not saying that we can never use that word again. He's not saying that we should never say our Father if we're going to do the Lord's Prayer. We still need to be able to use the term Father as a valid metaphor for God, and we also need to ask ourselves what happens to our communities when that is the only metaphor that we allow or sanction? Now do you understand why those first two words of the Lord's Prayer are so controversial? When we do the Lord's Prayer, as we talked about last week, there is so much emotional attachment to that prayer. And the idea of changing those two words, our Father, to something else, just, for some people, just doesn't feel right. And the reality is, there are people sitting in churches who, speaking those two words, just doesn't feel right. And the reality is, we live in a society where there's a lot of people who, on one side or the other, look at the other side and say, it just doesn't look right. We see this so clearly around the vaccines. You have one side that doesn't understand why the other side just won't get vaccinated. And then you got the other side who say, why in the world won't they leave us alone? It's my freedom, my choice. We have becoming more and more a society that can hide behind our mask and behind our mask and behind our screens. We can speak out toward against other people and lack the sense of sensitivity when it comes to accepting other people's experiences. And above all places the spiritual communities of all different religions should be the place where the people can disagree with each other but still care about each other. So perhaps the answer, individually and collectively, is to use what we call more expressive language that we will pull upon the wide variety of metaphors that are found throughout the Bible and talk about what it means to think of God. When's the last time that you had a conversation with someone about God is rock? Try that this week. First of all, I don't know about you, but I find it hard to have religious discussions with people. I feel bad for people that meet me, because it's my job. I love to talk about this stuff. But imagine sitting down sometime with a friends and say, "Hey, let's really talk about what does it mean to when you say when you think of God as rock. What does that mean to you?" And to be able to listen to each other. The reality is that spiritual communities are a place where we need to practice accepting the diversity that is within humanity. We're sensitive to each other. And to be able to say, you know what? This week, if we have to sing this song or we have to say this prayer, I'm not going to like it. But I imagine that my fellow spiritual journeyer over there is probably going to speak to them quite a bit. So I'll just be quiet and wait until the time comes when something will speak to me. That creates community. That creates a sense of where everyone feels like they belong. And that is my prayer, is that we will begin to think beyond just limited metaphors for God, but expand that. Now, some of you may be thinking, wait a minute, does that mean from now on we're not going to say our Father? I don't think so. I don't know the answer to this one. But I'm willing to explore it. I'm willing to think about it. Because I know that whatever God is, God cannot be captured by our language. But it sure can be enjoyable to come together in a community and to talk about what those ideas of God might look like. So this week, here's my call to action for you just be a little bit more sensitive in your mind to other people's experience, especially when they say something, you know, that really annoys you or do, do things that really annoy you or wear things that really annoy you. And just step back in your mind and just be a little softer, a little kinder in how we treat one another and how we speak about one another.
0: Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at BeatitudesChurch.org backslash online-giving Beatitudes Radio Empowering People to Enrich Society